0: Greetings. Welcome back. Shalom. <laughs> How are you guys doing today?
1: Amen. Welcome from the city of peace.
0: It's good to be here in Miami. It was the highest open heavens I've ever experienced in my entire life. And just up in the clouds, man, it was just incredible what God's doing in this place. It feels like all the wrestling against the principalities the last few days, which was probably mm-hmm. the highest level warfare we've ever faced. I yet.
1: would say def- that's a definite yes.
0: Defi- <laughs> a definite yes. Wow. Okay. In yeah. our entire lives, um, it broke through. And there's still a lot of work to do and there's mm-hmm. still wrestling. But today I felt the greatest open heavens after the storm of my entire life. And it was just incredible. And the Lord was speaking to me, and he, and he showed me a lot of things. And, and we went back into wrestling, and there's going to be a lot of uh, teaching tonight. A lot of
1: demon killing, hopefully. I have the angels with their swords ready to go.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So they just so. W- oh, yeah, look <laughs> at, oh. If y'all are ready to kill some demons tonight. Amen. To the glory of God our Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
0: And so, <laughs> breaking through, the brain turning clear. And just those experiences of Romans twelve mm-hmm. two, where it says, be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. The word there is metamorphosis. So what that means is m- you're metamorphosized or transformed by your mind going clear. So it's not that it's blank, it's just it has no influence mm-hmm. from Satan, sin, or the world, and the only influence of the renewed mind. The clear mind, the crystal clear mind of Christ is the throne of God himself. And Mm. so passing through the mind, the father's thoughts, the goodness, the the peace, the love, the patience, the fruits of the spirit, the garden of Eden, the desires for the nations, the things he wants to do with everyone so that you can be Mm. an oracle of God. It says in scripture, don't plan ahead of time what you're going to say before when the time comes to speak, I will fill your mouth with the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean you just come in all uh, empty-headed because your head needs to be filled with glory. That's what turns the mind clear. In Buddhism, they say you, you empty yourself. Listen, the, the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not an emptying, it's an infilling, it's an indwelling, it's your cup overflowing with crystal clear living water that shines. And so I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would fill every single vessel at the sound of my voice with fresh glory, crystal clear and sparkling. Amen. And Amen. so you say crystal clear and you know in this company everyone's read heaven Waits* the bride seven thousand times and so you start to see the little five-year-old spirit from the third heaven and understand the rebuke against the darkness in your brains the rebuke against the gray matter bob jones would often speak against the gray matter and he would say this is the hypnotism of the nations, and it's the magic arts. It's really the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great. And all of the wrestling that we're we're doing here on the front lines of Joel's army is to conquer the sorceries of the sorcerers who have angels in the clippeth, and they're ruling over the nations in darkness with magic spells. And so destroying magic spells is destroying the fog in the mind. And so Sometimes it'll feel like, man, there's so, cl- there's so much clarity. It's like an open heavens. All this stuff I'm experiencing, is like I had this mountaintop experience with God. And then all of a sudden, it kind of goes back to a haze. Now, everyone has experienced a lot of clarity at times if they're in the glory of God. And then you experience warfare. It's because you're going back into the battle. Type it in the... Uh, the comments. I'm going back into the battle moving from the sidelines to the front lines from a spectator to a participator in the name of Jesus Christ he wants to move you into the action which means in order to win when you're facing enemies if you're not facing enemies the enemies have you captive so it's not even a battle anymore because you've already lost people that aren't fighting the fight of faith, the good Christian warfare, it's called in Scripture, are not just on the sidelines, they're in captivity. They're in bondage to demons 1,000% of the time, okay? So, if you're in captivity, a lot of times you don't even know you're captive. And this is what the Spirit of God told me to talk to you uh, tonight about. Mm -hmm. When you're in captivity, you don't even know it, man. You think, oh, I'm out here and doing this, that, and the other thing, I reading the Bible, do the best I can. Listen, captivity is not knowing you're in captivity. Okay, bewitchment is not knowing you're wrong. It's like wrestling a church that has covered their heads with the sands of time, that has covered their heads with the earth. And so Revelation 19 speaks about the earthly leaders versus Joel's army the company riding white horses in Revelation chapter 19. There's that from yesterday, and here's this today. Revelation nineteen 17. Let's go into it. Praise God. Amen. Then I saw a single angel stationed in the sun's light, And with a mighty voice, he shouted to all the birds that fly across the sky. Remember, the book of Revelation is all about the bride conquering the second heavens. Amen. Come, gather yourselves together for the great supper of God. Hmm. That you may feast on the flesh of rulers... The flesh of generals and captains, the flesh of powerful and mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, the flesh of all humanity, both free and slave, both small and great. 1919. Then I saw the beast and the rulers and leaders of the earth with their troops mustered To go into battle and make war against him who is mounted on the horse and against his troops and the beast was seized and overpowered and with him the false prophet who is in his presence who in his presence had worked wonders and performed miracles by which he led astray those who had accepted or permitted to be placed upon them the stamp mark of the beast, and those who paid homage and gave divine honors to his statue. Both of them were hurled alive into the fiery lake that burns and blazes with brimstone." Amen. And so, Revelation 19, the royal power that was given to the rulers and the leaders of the earth for a short time. Okay? Now, what is this royal power? Earlier in the book of Revelation, you read about these ten kings. All right? Now, the revelation Jesus Christ is sharing with me the last few days is these 10 kings represent the royal power of the Sephirot. Okay. The Sephiros. And we've taught you many times what that is. It's Malkut. It's, uh, it's Hod, It's Netsa. It's Tiferet. It's Gavura. It's Hesed. It's Bina. It's Hakma, And it's Kedar. That's the 10 Sephiros. And for a short time, they are given to the beast and to the kings, and it's called royal power. Now, I believe right now that royal power is being transferred from those 10 wicked kings and the beast and the armies of the earth, the leaders of the earth and the leaders of the earth, it's the dust of the earth. Understand, it's the, the leaders of the dust of the earth, which is the leaders of sin and the leaders of humanity that has no sanctification. So it's a terribly uh, de- descriptive, sinful thing when the Bible is talking about the leaders of the earth. We, we hear leaders of the earth, and you might think, well, that's a good thing. That is as bad as it gets, okay? <laughs> we need to ha- understand holiness. You can't get any worse than being a leader of the earth, according to Revelation, okay? The wisdom of Revelation, the, the most wicked you could be is an earthly leader. That's worse than any other thing down here. Now, the best you could be is with the company that's with the rider on the white horse. Amen. Jesus Christ, in Revelation 19, is riding a white horse. Okay, this is the operation of the angelic in the second heavens. That is exactly what it's talking about. It's talking about the armies that are sanctified, white in scripture has nothing to do with nationality. They say you're you're white, you're black, you're red, you're you're yellow. In prophetics, white only refers to Shekinah. And then in Revelation you have pale, which refers to death. So God uses colors as descriptions of statuses of people's spirits. Okay? So it has nothing to do with race, it has nothing to do with nationality. It's talking explicitly about Shekinah glory. So what is a rider on a white horse? It's Jesus Christ, but then many with white horses with them. It's those that are operating in the Shekinah glory, doing God's will in the path of lightnings. Okay? So you're being ascended through the path of lightnings. Eventually, God will give you a horse. And I'm reminded of uh, the story of Rick Joyner in The Final Quest where the the girl is given the horse, and she's learning how to ride the horse, which is how to conquer the second heavens.
1: Oh yeah, and he specifically said (laughs) that the horses were reserved only for the leaders of the movements that God was doing in the earth. So to be a white horse rider is to be a leader of a movement of God in the earth. The prerequisite for a white horse, and Bob Jones saw where they have the white horses in that galaxy in the heavenlies. He was actually shown that that's, you know, where they originate from in the heavens, where God has them. It's like a cosmic horse stable of the white horses. Well, just angel over here. Um, But the prerequisite for that is you must be a carrier of the torch and the sword. You must be proficient in the torch and the sword. And then if God decides, he may give a white horse. And usually that's going to be given for the kingdom age. That comes through uh, Enoch, Metatron. There's not going to be a horse, a white horse given out without his permission. And it comes from heaven. It's not, in that sense, in this kingdom age, it's not just everyone gets a horse. We all get, you know, my little pony. It's not really like that. (laughs) When I met my horse, and it's actually, you know, it's really like a unicorn I met it in the spirit This thing is so wild and dangerous I was already cosmic But I was terrified that it might kill me Because it's so holy It's wild And it's holy And so there's the You know There is the holiness And the fear of the Lord There's the torch and the sword So you've got to become proficient with the torch And the sword And then there are those leaders that are chosen To be riders on a white horse and so where are they they're the leaders of the people of god it has to do with uh, those who will lead the charge into the battle and i'm sure in the you know as the culmination of things comes to the climax and the end of all things and then it's heaven on earth or you get to live you know in the heavenlies and all the war is over i'm sure you can visit where all those horses are you could probably just translate into heaven and go see them tonight you know, go in heaven. What Bob Jones said, if you've lost your peace, this is what you do. Don't think, just breathe. Just and beam up. And it's that portal of the glory of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Jesus within you. You draw from that well. You bring heaven through you. You're you're meant to be a portal. We're not doing another hundred years of prayer at moravian falls to do another moravian falls external portals those are great but what are we doing you become a portal of heaven that's the dilation of your spirit that's the birthing of the divine nature of jesus christ within you and as that dilates and opens up more of heaven is going to come through you and that's how you're going to be practicing the presence of god not mentally like brandon said you can't just Do you do it with your brain?
0: Yeah, mental ascension. That's demonic.
1: It's about the dilation of your spirit. And what is your innermost being? When we say spirit, we usually are saying innermost being. But what is your innermost being? I want you to understand this. Your innermost being is currently your highest layer or level of soul that you currently possess. If you have a body, And you have a Nefesh and a Ruach. Your innermost being is your Ruach. Now, if you have a Neshama, now your innermost being is your Neshama, if that's the highest level soul you have. If you have the Chaya soul, then that is the most, the innermost being that you have. And if you have a Yechida soul, that is your innermost being and that's how this works. There's more layers of armor and instead of you know questioning or complaining you can simply go to God turn within to Christ ask him and he will tell you. That's everything that we teach on this channel. If you turn to Christ within you, and you ask him, he will verify it. Now, if you, you try to use your carnal brain for your opinions, what you think, you're going to be led astray by demons 100% of the time. Because the precious things of God have have nothing to do with human opinions. The truth is not affected by a human opinion. It's just not. God's not waiting for you to agree with the message for him to continue his works in the earth. He doesn't. It's a it's a get-to and not a, a have-to. But we want to be close to Jesus. So when you hear a teaching, oh yeah, fry that up. Yeah, burn that up. That's, who nasty. Flames on the fire. Put those pigs on, on in the fire. Roast them. Kill it. Roast it. Burn it alive. <laughs> Whatever. Let's... That's, that's, incinerate that
0: yeah he's incinerating familiars
1: so when amen so when you hear something of the precious things of God and you feel an irritation like that can't be right what do you mean there's more souls what do you mean Kabbalah isn't witchcraft what do you mean if you begin to decide using your brain, your mind, your experiences and what other people have taught you You are going to miss out on your time. You're going to miss out on your destiny. You're going to miss out on what God's doing in the earth. And you're going to go into captivity. Why? Because you're not hearing from God. When you hear things and you go by your own feelings. When you go by your own feelings and your own carnal-minded opinions. That is the evidence of enemy activity in your life that's demonic activity because it's written in the word of God did it come from man or did it come from God is it God or is it man is it the human fallen nature which reflects the fallen angel nature or is it the nature of God So when you hear these teachings, or you go through the masterclass, and you feel a certain way, or you start to criticize and fault find, well, they had this tone of voice, that means they have this kind of a sin. I bet this was, in their life, this... That's the evidence of a demon in your life cutting you off from the revelation, because guess what, Buckwheat? God uses imperfect vessels, and if you sit there and fault find the vessels when you go through the training then you're missing out and cutting yourself off from ascension. So repent. We have to have the fear of God in our lives. If you've been seeing the bear, Treasures
0: in jars of clay. You know, wisdom can always discern the treasure of the divine and the eternal inside the encasement of the jar of clay. In others and in yourself, you have to realize the treasures of heaven inside the clay.
1: If you've been having the bear signs and wonders, I want you to write that in the comments on the show tonight. What were the bear signs and wonders? Have you been seeing the bear signs and wonders? So please leave those in the comments. God's speaking to you. If you've been seeing the bear sign, that is a blessing. And we might get into that a little bit tonight. But understand every single thing that's taught On the show and in this class if you simply turn within to Jesus Christ if you know him and you can ask him and he will tell you he will verify it now the issue is why do most people who are prominent glory stream ministers charismatic ministers want nothing to do with the actual stairway with which is Jesus why do they want nothing to do with the ascension through circumcision why do they detest circumcision of heart to be like Jesus instead of pretending to be like Jesus acting like Jesus that's the play actor wearing a mask why do they despise the ones who God sent why do they kill and steal try to steal from those who God sent to his vineyard to collect the fruit to tend to the vineyard to go in his name Why do they kill his son? You have to ask yourself these things. If you knew Jesus Christ within you, when something comes up, information, teaching, revelation, and you want to know, is this true or not? If all of these people had simply turned to Jesus on the inside, knowing him on the inside, and asked him, he would answer and verify it. So understand this. When you're walking with the Lord, that is knowing him on the inside. He will lead you into all truth. Let's not pretend. God is not a liar. So find That's what he's looking to find. Those rare people who believe the Bible. When you believe the word of God, you're not calling him a liar. And you know his voice. You hear his voice. (laughs) And he verifies and sends you on the path. That's why many of you are tuned in and you watch this. It's because you got to that point in your life that you wanted to know God. You wanted to hear Him. You were ready to stop playing games and start siding with the holy angelic instead of the demonic. And when you got to that point, where did He start leading you toward? To prepare your heart to hear this message of cosmic righteousness. Purity and righteousness. And that's the message. When you have confidence in the rungs of Jesus Christ, he is the latter. Your confidence in the rungs of circumcision through ascension is your confidence in Christ. The temptation as you go up Is to believe or think for a moment that anyone or anything on the lower rungs, there's a fire blazing out right now, has anything that you don't have in Christ, has anything better or more than what you have. And if you begin to believe that lie, it weakens your confidence in the rungs, which is weakening your confidence in Jesus. So you have to repent. As you go up, one of the temptations, because right now there's so few people here, the human nature is a temptation to look to a man or a woman externally for the answers. And when you go up, and now we've reached (laughs) the top of, you know, higher than whatever else is available in the world, one of those temptations as you're pioneering those of you who are going up is to want to look around in the earth, in the lower places, for something that you might think or feel that you need more. Surely this can't be it. Surely there's someone out there that has something higher, that has something more. Aren't they out there? The answer is no, it's not. (laughs) And that's the shocking thing. Now, when I went on to this journey, I didn't know anything about anything. I was just simply a person who was at the at her wit's end, and I wanted help. I needed help. I needed to know God much better. I just I I needed help. I needed freedom. I needed the love of God. I, I needed so much. I had so much uh, oppression. I had so much trouble. I had so much trauma. So much heartbreak. So much pain. And I needed more of God. And I thought, if I can just find somewhere in the world where are the people who know what's going on spiritually, where are the people who can help me, and you get a little help on the way. But what I found is the top of what's going on in the world was only one rung in this whole thing and where the enemy has kept the people of God has been so buried under the dust of the earth. It's shocking when you find out the truth. It's shocking. But what's encouraging is this is one of the greatest times in all of history to be alive. To be alive in Christ. Because the highway is open for those who enter in the narrow gate he said there are few who find it and we found it Mm -hmm. and now we're preaching them and teaching the message that you can enter in that narrow gate and walk in it but i want to encourage you don't wait for those multitudes in the earth who are still sleeping in the dust that don't understand cosmic circumcision, who don't understand ascension through circumcision, or those who fake circumcision, who call themselves circumcised, but don't bear the fruit of it, they don't know the rungs, and when they come across these things, these teachings, they don't turn to Christ inside and ask him, they just decide in their mind and their heart what they already want to think and that is the dangerous thing; it accelerated so quickly in my life when I wanted to know. I just, I decided, I don't care what God does with my life, and I wasn't just saying that emotionally. I was really broken, and I was done doing life the way that I thought I wanted to live. It didn't work, and I had a taste of God and that desperation, and I just wanted to hear more of his voice because to be able to hear the voice of god is one of the greatest blessings after salvation to hear him and to know his guidance his guidance with his eye his voice your ears of your spirit opened the mind of your spirit renewed the eyes of your spirit began to be opened more and more the veils and the scales being removed i had no idea that it was going to escalate so quickly into this cosmic ascension and then straight to the front lines and then pioneering through i had no grid for this i was simply a broken person who needed more of jesus i needed help i needed healing i needed deliverance and I was so shocked. It happened so fast. I thought I thought I needed at least five to ten more years of practicing what I had just started to practice before even being called into ministry. But he was like, no, we need, come on, we need you at the front lines. Let's go. Why, Lord? Why Why is it so fast? I need more time. I remember telling him, I need more time to, to, to practice, to learn this, to learn this stuff. Why? Isn't there supposed to be someone that's supposed, more people for me to meet or, or to learn from or, the, you know, to... To help me, and this is what heaven told me. The angels, the Father, son, the Holy Spirit, there is no one else. Brandon's at the top of Malkut, and look at how much he suffered just a pioneer that this is the generation of wickedness in the earth, and these are dark times. And so we need more harvesters. We need more workers. We need more warriors. And so I didn't think, in my mind, it wasn't enough time and training. I was still just that desperate person who needed help. And what I found was that help w- is not in just seeking after people externally to help me. I thought I needed to find if I can just find a, an anointed minister to lay hands on me and deliver me and teach me about what I'm how to do this. It was about trusting in God, hearing his voice for myself, and then the holy angels brought me to RLM TV. With Brandon and the teaching and the training of circumcision and it's that training of circumcision of heart that who was teaching at the top of Malkuth that was that first ray of shining hope that this is this is it this is where I can learn and even though uh, no one has the full picture at that point no one really had the big picture of how how to go up how to win how to do this I knew that this was where God was doing the main thing. And he was giving us the tools to build up our spirit. And that's where we could do anything in Christ. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because it's the actual uncomfortable circumcision of heart. That thing, that that loving friend. You know, Brandon as an apostle has been that loving friend. Who would always tell us what we didn't necessarily want to hear. But what we needed to hear, the uncomfortable, painful truth that made so many people manifest murderous demons and backbiting and backstabbing and slandering. But it's the love of God that wants to remove sin and darkness and obliterate the darkness out of the inner man to get rid of the iniquity in the spirit of the believers. And that message, it still rings clear and true. And now we're taking it up through the heavens and the answer was this in all of that time where i thought i just i need to get help the actual help and how it happened was just by watching and listening to the apostles message very minimum external help no no constant messaging of helping just just mostly a rebuke if anything a very, an occasional rebuke <laughs> and I felt that cut incision and I, it was soothing to my pained soul I was in so much pain that the cut of the knife of circumcision was a warm welcome in my soul it was some of the first taste of love <laughs> You don't know love until you know correction. You don't know love until you get the circumcision. It's only irritating to the part of you that's being put to death, which is the intruder of sin, the flesh carnal nature, that part of you that just grew up, like that it ballooned up like cancer, just the flesh life with nothing of real substance in it, only fallen angel nature in the guise of human goodness and it's trash it's all trash and when that began to be exposed i I don't want any of it so when you really are desperate for the things of god you will embrace circumcision it's only when you're still holding on to that old life to that fallen angel life when you don't embrace the circumcision and the correction but when you do and you discover your new life in Christ even if it's just a tiny seed in the ground and it feels like it's just the death of Jesus you enter into the baptism of his death before you sprout up as a plant of righteousness into the cosmos so you can't compare your light, your spiritual life in seed form that still needs to die looks like not much as a seed and that little that you had Bye-bye. It's dying now. (laughs) It's being buried. You have to let it go. (laughs) And then the plant of righteousness will sprout because God provides the rain and the sun. But you have to plant it in the ground and allow and agree for that life that you thought you had to die so that your real life, that eternal life of Christ, who you really are, that inner child, that light being, that eternal soul layer upon layer made up of glory, that light of glory a house, a temple that could contain uncreated light. You see it's that primordial or uncreated light created light by the uncreated, uncreated light that can be a house for uncreated light. Do you think the God of the Holy of Holies wants to live in a house filled with every unclean thing? (laughs) If a real, if a realtor, a real estate agent...
0: He's not even there. (laughs) He's not. Mm -mm.
1: If you called up a real estate agent because they were highly recommended by two billion people (laughs) and he showed you the house and it was full of mud and pigs coyotes vultures in the garden weeds thorns thistles snakes venomous things frogs a swamp river full of sewage that stunk the entire place would you be jumping at the at the bit to rent or buy or own that place? No. You would say anathema, devoted to destruction. And you would find a clean and beautiful home no matter how many millions or billions of people disagreed with you. Because you could see and smell and hear what it was, it would be absolutely detestable and revolting to you. Because your senses were not seared like your conscience, your conscience that's seared in iniquity. It's only when the senses are seared, your spiritual senses are seared, you can't tell how disgusting and revolting and putrid all of that human life is, that fallen angel nature, that human putrid goodness. But when your senses become unseared, healed, awakened, your inner man grows by being fed the word of God, you begin to smell, you begin to see, you begin to not feel with the human senses, but your spiritual senses. And that's when the human life becomes so revolting to you that you cannot wait to put it on the altar and burn it and kill it. I want nothing to do with it. Let it die. Kill it daily. I can't stand it. You don't like it anymore. You hate the old life. You hate the old mannerisms. You hate the old ways that old friends and old family members would just talk to each other and so slimy and disgusting. And you despise and you grieve the way you used to talk at home and that contention, and that striving, and that animal chatter, and you hate it, it's disgusting, and you want to kill that part of you, well, congratulations, you are learning to become a proficient priest. You must hate wickedness and love righteousness, and then the Holy Spirit, who God promised would show you the way. This is the way. Now now that you see that this is a pile of trash, (laughs) this is the way. Let's walk in it. And then he shows you a glorious abode, a beautiful garden, fragrant flowers that sing his praise, colors that you've never seen before, the mountaintop fresh air, clear and bright and shining, brighter and brighter to the noonday sun, and that sun that burns up the muck and the mire without being touched or defiled by it. That's the nature of the sun and you learn to love the light even if it hurts the eyes when you see it even if it's uncomfortable in the burning in the cutting away of the old even if there's parts of you that still like and cling to the old you've made up your mind that you will hate wickedness and love righteousness because you've had a taste of the goodness, of the greatness, of his glory, which is the power of his love that raised Christ from the dead. And that's his jealous love for you. That's the song of songs, seal of fire. That you will have no other gods. Returning to your first love is a return to the fear of the Lord, for there is no increase of intimacy in your life, Apart from an increase of the fear of the Lord and its glories, you love Him. If you love Him, you fear Him in that biblical, healthy fear of the Lord of right relationship and the awe and the wonder and the reverence and the praise of His name. And it causes you to love Him all the more, to embrace Him. No matter what it obliterates out of your nature or out of your life, out of your physical belongings, out of all your relationships, even if you lost every relationship in your life, that it was nothing to you because you had more of Him. If it's His will to remove them, then let them go. If He's the one doing it, then let it go. If He's the one Cutting off the old dead branches of you as a tree, then let it go. Even if he cuts the most fruitful bough of you as a tree with your favorite cluster of fruit pruned. That was my favorite fruit. That was the best fruit I had. Now it's gone. Where did it go? And then the next season comes around, even more fruit. That's the nature of pruning. That's why Gevra comes before Hesed. But if we trust his ways, even when we don't understand them, that is the eating of the matzah, which is the mitzvah, that will take us to the mountain where we get the manna, and then we continue to sacrifice the manna, as we walk into the promised land from matzah to manna and from manna to the promised land wine honey oil and the bread of our labor doing the works that the father has prepared ahead of time and in that blissful productivity of doing those works we find rest for our weary souls we find the love and the clearness of mind that we've been desiring and you realize that when the fire hits and a greater glory baptism of fire comes upon you and the pressure comes upon you when you let it burn it comes out crystal clear and that burning only comes about by hearing that uncomfortable truth that we don't want to hear but we need to hear And when we embrace it, and it's the Word of God, it produces a clear mind, gold mind of Christ.
0: Amen. Speaking of an uncomfortable word, uh, God gave me this from the Valley by Rick Joyner today. And uh, this is Elijah speaking in the book. And I just want to read this short segment with you because this is where 99% of the body's at right now. And we need a a revelation of this. So let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Then Elijah's eyes narrowed again as if he were looking at something far away. I watched him closely as I was now convinced he was seeing a vision. Then he looked back at me and continued again loud enough for all to hear. This is Elijah speaking now. For it to be a real test, the danger must be real. Come on. For it to be real progress, guys, there has to be a real danger in the physical realm. Do you understand that? You cannot grow in Christ on the sideline, only on the front line, on the battlefield. Wrestling your own stuff, your own sins, your own familiars, your own... Monitoring spirits, your, your own ancestral curses, your own uncircumcisions and foreskins and membranes. Dealing with that stuff and the demonic entities behind them, every layer of the soul is the only way to grow. And this is what Elijah's talking about. For it to be a real test, the danger must be real. You know the saying, the brave die only once but a coward dies a thousand deaths. The truth is that cowards die continuously, a long and torturous death. True life is noble and glorious and only lived by faith. True life is the ultimate adventure and the ultimate quest. Those who live by faith do not fear death. They know death is not final, but only a bridge to cross to a much more glorious life. That is what you must seek to walk in now by dying to this world. You must do it while walking through some of its most beautiful and deadly places. Now is the time for you to face and overcome the ultimate enemy, to face it with joy is overcoming. <laughs> Elijah again looked into the far distance. As I watched him, I felt a remorse that I knew he was feeling. After a few moments, he turned back to me and began again. You will cross the bridge to eternal life in this valley, in this earth. You, just type that out, I will cross the bridge to eternal life in this earth come on now the earth is the valley you're going to cross the earth you're going to cross the valley you are not going to die in the earth you're going to cross it amen listen to what Elijah says next all who pass through this valley will die those who come out the other side have died to all but Christ and the life they live will be Christ living through them. These have come to abide in him, and he in them. These are the ones who begin to live in the age to come. And by this help to build a bridge to the age to come, you begin to experience much true life, the most fulfilling life, by dying to yourself. It is appointed for all men to die once. So once you have died to yourself, death has no power over you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Here you can go beyond believing this in your mind and start believing it in your heart. It is what you believe in your heart that you are and that you live. Amen? This valley is the gate to the most powerful and glorious lives. The ones who make it through this valley are the son of David's mighty men, the warriors. Amen. So it's conquering the earth, the dust of the earth. And so what we shared earlier, I'm going to just go back to this again. There was some serious wrestling beginning this broadcast, and we have broken through. And I mm. want to just share this once again, some mm. of these scriptures here.
1: Yeah, just stick the knife in and twist it a little bit yeah. while we're...
0: And let's go yeah. right here.
1: That's good.
0: To Revelation nineteen seventeen, And as you're looking at that, I'm going to pull up the scripture from Revelation 17, and... This is your homework to read Revelation 17, 18, and 19 tonight because it's about victory. And Revelation 17:12 says, And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. So notice ten kings and there are ten Sapphiros. So the royal power is the stealing of the power of the sun and the moon and the stars that they have stolen and received for one hour with the beast. Okay, So it's a very short time that the sons and daughters of Satan, the sorcerers of Babylon the Great, have control of the Sapphiros. This is the context of Revelation 17, 18, and 19, so you're clear about that. It's the stealing of the royal power. So the terminology of God the Father, of the control of the Sapphiros, who is walking and living on the stars, is royal power. Now is the time for the royal power to transfer from these ten kings, which are the rulers of the earth, to the manifesting sons of God. Amen. The angel-like sons of God, the children of the resurrection, raised up into these realms where the ten kings once were, and they are thrown down, we read here in 17, 18, 19. So let's, let's go through it, understanding the context a little, a little better. Then I saw a single angel stationed in the sun's light, which means now the holy people, Zion and the holy angels of God, are beginning to take the sun back. You know, Christians never talked about these things until recently. In fact, most Christians are paranoid about the luminaries, about the sun, the moon, and the stars, and they say they belong to the devil. Well, they do because you believe that. And when the when the believers who have the Holy Spirit are deceived and think that the heavens belong to the devil, guess what's ruling over them? The devil's sons and daughters. So we have to come out of that bewitchment that God's creation somehow belongs to the devil. (laughs) We read in Genesis 1 when God created the stars, he said they were good. So, I mean, are you going to agree with God or are you going to agree with some kind of Christian demonic teaching that you heard from uninformed people who believe that Kabbalah is demonic and Kabbalah is sorcery? I'm telling you now your understanding of Kabbalah is pure deception. I know this because I was once completely deceived about what Kabbalah was going through Bible college. They they always said these things were the occult and sorcery, okay? But I'm telling you, if you look it up, Kabbalah is simply Orthodox Judaism. No one has has illuminated the Christians and simply stated the fact that true Kabbalah is Orthodox Judaism. It is not the sorcery that Christians believe it is. That that belief that it is sorcery is the bewitchment that's holding them back from the latter. Okay? So we need that revelation to be clear in your minds and to break through all of that haze and that that fog of war in the brain and just clear that up in the mind that we are going into the heavens. We are going to take our inheritance. We're going to get into the holy Kabbalah of Jesus Christ and completely remove these thieves of these 10 kings and transfer royal power of one hour, for that the wicked have control of the second heavens. is only for one hour to the holy, righteous, chosen elect, children of the resurrection who get... This power. So this is what Revelation 19 is. It's the end of that one hour of the royal power given to the ten kings and to the beast. Then I saw a single angel stationed in the sun's light, and, and with a mighty voice he shouted to all the birds that fly across the sky, Come gather yourselves together for the great supper of God. <laughs> it sounds like, Now is the time to feast on the wisdom and the revelation of the luminaries, the path of lightnings. Now we're going to eat on the sun. Now we're going to eat on the moon. Now we're going to eat on the stars. And notice when we do that, go into verse 18 here. You're eating the flesh of rulers, generals, captains, powerful men, and the flesh of horses and riders. There's a devouring of the royal power that was in the hands of the beast and in the hands of those ten kings. So it, it's the consuming of the enemy's forces in the second heavens. This is exactly what Revelation is talking about here. This is how we end the war, guys. You understand, this is, this is the battle against the deep state. This is the battle against the Luciferians in the secret societies. This is the battle against the Freemasons and all their Masonic vows and the Scottish Rite and all of their clippeth Kabbalah, Mm -hmm. which is simply the royal power given to the beast and the ten kings for one hour. Okay, that is exactly what it all is. Now God says when you begin to learn the holy Christian Kabbalah of Jesus Christ, you are going to devour those wicked rulers in the heavenly places. You are going to consume them utterly and take your promised land it is likened exactly to joshua and caleb conquering the seven nations of canaan this is our land okay we have the holy spirit we practice purity we've entered the sheep gate through the crucifixion of jesus christ to go to our father now we must receive our inheritance it cannot be denied Amen. And this is what the holy angels are fighting for, that we would take our inheritance in the heavens and consume those who have stolen the heavens for one hour. So we're eating the flesh of those in the heavens. Now we're going into verse 19. Mm -hmm. Then I saw the beast and the rulers and leaders of the earth with their troops mustered to go into battle. Why? Why is this? Why are they going uh, in battle? Because all they have is their stars and their bodies corresponding on earth. They don't have anything else. So they're going to go against and make war against the, the he who is mounted on the horse and his troops. That's Joel's army. That is Joel's army. And so the second heavens, this is where the war is raging. This is what we're fighting for. This is why the principalities are opposing the apostles of your generation so much and why they're trying to turn you against the leadership of this great army of the white horse and his troops because the entire battle is for light in the mind or darkness in the mind. It is to be illuminated and clear in the mind or to be covered in dust in the mind. This is why the battle rages and why... There's all of these things that we face in life. It is for clarity or confusion. Hell only wants confusion. Babel means confusion in Hebrew. Tower of Babel. Babel means confusion. God wants the Tower of David, which is only clarity. So you have the Tower of David going up through Jesus Christ, amen, into the heavens through moon, sun, and stars, and it's clarity 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 type it in the comments Mm -hmm. clarity 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 the true Kabbalah of Jesus Christ is clarity all the counterfeit is confusion religion is confusion the dust of the earth is confusion the magic arts and the magic spells are confusion even the demons get confused and turn on each other and we read about that in scripture all the time and right now there is dissension and disunity especially as we hold our ground in the heavens as the principalities turn on each other and the only unity they ever face is when they they are afraid of losing their their uh, power their royal power so they begin a, a demonic unity against those that are ascending the heavens but that's only temporary and then they go back to fighting and again amongst themselves in dissension and jealousy and it's just it's such a mess okay it's time to hold our ground in the heavens and it's time for you to maintain holiness and make progress in your holiness in your heart in your mind and rise into the heavens amen it is time for us to rise from the dead which is getting out of the sidelines into the front lines amen from spectators to participators. You can participate simply by understanding and believing what we're teaching you tonight. That royal power transfer. I saw the beasts and the rulers and the leaders of the earth with their troops mustered to go into battle and to make war against him who is mounted on the horse and against his troops. Verse 20. And the beast was seized and overpowered and with him the false prophet. Notice that royal power and the beast and that earthly leadership is the false prophetic. It's like a cosmic darkness, but it's energized with miracles, signs and wonders, but it's that those angels of light. So you're going to deal with all that false inspiration that brings confusion in the mind where it's like I can't really tell if Brandon's right or these other ministers that say Brandon is a heretic, you know, and it's like they're, they're kind of on the fence and they don't really know the difference between what Red Letter Ministries, RLM TV is preaching in our holy righteous Kabbalah here and what other people, these other ministries are now beginning to teach Kabbalah after we started teaching Kabbalah and they're calling it Kabbalah. No one in Christianity ever said that until uh, rebecca pioneered it you need to understand it. it was unknown unheard of in all christianity that this was real cosmic enochian wisdom and and now there are several other ministries in the earth op- openly saying and teaching kabbalah but you need to understand the difference of our kabbalah versus their kabbalah because it's not like they're with us at all they these people Hate our guts, and a lot of them have publicly condemned us and slandered and smeared our name. And there's backstories with all of these Kabbalah teachers. I'm telling you now, the difference is dramatic. The difference is the clippeth versus righteousness. It is a huge difference. Even many people now in RLM TV come out of these other groups where they were teaching them. Uh, ascension and all these but it was a mental ascension it was straight up demonic ascension and it screwed up so many people it confused so many minds now the war is for the clarity against that confusion and we are really really wrestling it tonight and this is it the beast was seized overpowered and with him the false prophet who in the presence who in his presence had worked wonders and performed miracles. Notice that all of these wicked people who have the appearance of goodness are false prophets performing miracles. We're talking about clippeth, dazzling, demonic Christianity right now. The false prophetic in dazzling, demonic Christianity. That is what needs to be exposed And that is exactly what we're wrestling against. Against Samael and the Edomites in the heavens and in the earth today. And I command in the name of Jesus Christ that it be burned with fire. Because this is what it says. They have all of this false prophetic. They have all this dazzling stolen oil and stolen Shekinah. But Jesus Christ, here's what he does. Both of them were hurled alive into the fiery lake that burns and blazes with brimstone. Another translation says into the lake of fire. And uh, guys, this is the throwing down of Christianity without circumcision. The throwing down of basically the entire charismatic church as you know it. And that'll make it very clear to you because... It is all Christianity that is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Now, you can sit there and uh, I'll put this camera back on us so you can see how serious I am here. All Christianity, as you know it, will be thrown in the lake of fire. Now, hey, that sounds wild to some of you. But remember the first chapter, Heaven Awaits the Bride? All Christianity on the earth was demolished. And what did she do? The angel came down from heaven... And began to teach her the latter. And eventually the angel says, All true Christians know about this stairway. That's exactly what the angel from the God I am whom I serve said to the prophetess. That all true Christians know about this stairway. All the false Christians are down there in the dust of the earth. Now we want all Christians to be true and circumcised of heart. So it's not like being nice to them uh, is what changes them. It's judgment. It's punishment in the natural realm. It's discipline. And of course, they react negatively to it. There's no love in that ministry. Oh my gosh, they're, they're so mean. No, no, no. The sword of the Spirit's mean to sin. Sanctification. Raising your elevation. That is what Edom needs. The greatest mercy is the white throne judgment seat of Christ while you're deceived in earthly Christianity, which is the nation of Edom. Remember Ruth in Scripture? She came out of the nation of Edom. She was a descendant of Esau. Did you know that? Come on now. Oh, this is as bad as it gets. And yet, since she repented, followed Naomi, went after the Neshama soul, She became the great-grandmother of the Messiah in the genealogies of Jesus Christ. That's written in Matthew and Luke. Ruth is in there, and she was a Moabitess, which means a direct bloodline descendant of the one God hated, Esau. So you could, guys, the whole issue here is... Ministering mercy, but we don't even understand what the ministry of mercy is. The mercy seat, the ministry of mercy, is the annihilation of those things that separate us in the spirit, in the soul, and in the natural dimension. That's what mercy is. It's not getting the punishment that Ruth would have had had she stayed in Moab, had she stayed in Edom. Okay. Now, because she repented, and she came out, and and she married Boaz, she became, uh, so to speak, the mother of the Messiah, Jesus. When he came in the flesh, would have had the Moabites' blood directly in that same flesh. How wild is that? He came inside the human flesh, and through his mother Mary had. Ruth's blood, wrapping the angel of the Lord, Yadevave, maker of heaven and earth, wrapped in Ruth's blood. And I need you to understand that because a lot of people don't understand the necessary judgment that needs to come to cause the repentance, to come out of earthly Christianity, to come out of that goat's head battering ram, to come out of mental ascension and human reasoning And worldly philosophy and worldly charismatic false prophetics with the dazzling demons and the false ascension and get into the kind of discipline the kind of circumcision the kind of chastisement of our hearts and minds that produces Jesus Christ in these vessels hello And and it's not like the punishment of the beat yourself up that people, you know, say, oh, no, you're beating yourself up. No, no, you're you're beating the devil up. (laughs) You're beating the devil up when you beat up sin and foreskins and membranes and your hearts and minds and your bones and marrow. I'm telling you now, it is a punishment of wrongdoing and it always produces clarity and glory every time. If I hadn't experienced it 10,000 times in my life, I'd tell you, oh man, you just feel bad all the time. And, it, and it's just, it's, it's rotten. And I'm just, I'm here suffering, suffering, suffering. 100% of the time, greater glory. 100% of the time when I'm chastised, corrected, rebuked by the angels, <laughs> by Rebecca, <laughs> by the prophets and apostles that have come before me. You know, by anyone that's a voice of God and humility there can receive it like David with Nathan.
1: That's good fellowship, isn't it? Amen. W- this is something we want to activate for you watching <laughs> at home. This is really powerful for married couples especially. This also applies to glory friendships that are deigned by God. But this is a very special blessing for the male and female holy marital union that you could grow together as comrades (laughs) as battle buddies and have true unity
0: Mm,
1: because true unity doesn't always look like you just agreeing on everything all the time why because there's uncircumcision that needs dealt with there are things in the blood of the nefesh that need burnt out so Sacrificing truth to get along with each other's nephesh is not love. That's why if you can mm. begin to create an atmosphere for revelation at your home in an atmosphere of uh, comradeship, what does that look like? <laughs> when we correct each other, we do it in love. Now, we've gotten to the place where most of the time we're going to be able to speak in a certain way to each other. That we can communicate without there being such a great offense the nefesh is still offended but our higher souls supersede that offense and it, it the battle training is that when you feel the impulse of the offense you're not really that offended because you know what that is because you know you're training you remember your training you're a soldier you don't just go off with the emotions you stay in rigid righteousness like, you know, the, the Archangels, Uriel, the Archangels, stone, could be stone cold killer the looking face. Super, <laughs> super, <laughs> yep. super cola wisdom.
0: Super duper glory cola.
1: And you stay in <laughs> that, it's, it's that even calm that you don't actually care what you're experiencing in the emotions. You very little care for the emotion. Because when the light of Revelation is illuminated, so for example, if you know at home that you're dealing with the body of Christ, that what the body of Christ is dealing with all at the same time is the exposure and removal of familiar spirits, Mm. bloodline spirits, monitoring spirits. You can begin to correct each other, not in an attacking and accusing way. Like, you might be more used to what you currently have at home in your culture if we're just going to pull back the veil and be realistic. But you can, you know, be a little bit more like comrades. Instead of, like, for example, instead of the husband attacking the wife and the wife attacking the husband because of weaknesses, right? You work together. You stop accusing each other but you begin to work together so where does the correction come it comes through practice and trial and error and experience and you continue to go into the word of god you engage in torah sometimes you just can't say it to each other you just have to engage in torah and let the sword cut it because there's just too much offense toward one another because of hurts or wounds Uh, early on in your ascension that might be the case it's probably better if you just don't even talk about it and do if you're just duking it out in a bad way just Sit your butts down and engage in Torah and let the sword of God do that, especially if you're an infant in Christ. You don't have the ability as a priest. Now, Brandon and I, we are both experienced priests at this point in killing the animal nature in our own selves, not just in others, but yes, in others, but mainly, mostly, majority worlds of killing animals, worlds of killing demons. And so when there's a calmness, There's an intensity of the cutting, but there's a calmness. And we can kind of test, you can test each other to see. Now, if you have some priesthood experience, a little bit to see. Are are you able to receive this circumcision or this pruning? Are you able, you know, is there a desire? When you have the desire that something is burning out, some pressure of some confrontation inside yourself is being dealt with, that's when you can help each other. I'm telling you what, if you want to know what what spirit you're dealing with, overcoming right now, ask your spouse. They can tell you. (laughs) They know what your problems are much better than you do.
0: And then just be humble Mm -hmm. and be willing to change. Change your inner man to agree Mm -hmm. with God's will. That's what repentance Mm -hmm. is called in the Amplified Classic because there's always more of the Holy Spirit. Mm You know, if your fathers, though being evil, give you good gifts when you ask them, Luke says Mm -hmm. in the gospel, how much more will your father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask him, which means he keeps on giving us more Holy Spirit. You know, that means more glory, more clarity of heart, more fruits of the spirit. You know, there are nine fruits in the spirit of Galatians five. Okay. You're on the earth. There are nine veils once you get up the earth right? to Yassad and all the way to Kedar, that's nine. And he was showing me today, that's like the nine fruits of the Spirit of how there's always more coming down from the path of lightnings. And once the heavens open over your mind, and I just declare mm. that into your minds, clarity in the heavens open for more fruit of the Spirit. Then you begin to experience God. Once you experience God, you'll sacrifice anything for it. You just have to get this taste in your mouth.
1: Lightning crystal fruit that comes down the Sepharah. Lightning taste crystal see, fruit Lord is good. that produces fruit with seed after its own kind. That produces more lightning crystal fruit that you eat, and it's delicious. And it produces more <laughs> fruit with seed that reproduces after its own But if you haven't kind.
0: eaten from the Garden of Eden, you might say... Well, why would you sacrifice so much? How did you get so far out there? These are people that have constantly sacrificed for more of heaven and less of the earth and paid more of a more of a of a price. The price isn't so much. Now, let's, let's explain paying the price, okay, you know, sanctification. It simply means removing the veil of the human being, whatever kind of repentance and changing of the inner man to agree with God's will is necessary, to go higher in God, to know him more. Mm. Amen? And
1: that's actually the name of the first heaven. It means veil. Veil. Belon. <laughs> Sounds kind of like speak friend and enter. There's the gate for Gandalf. Uh... Speak friend and The price
0: you pay for more heavenly eternal life, more ben. Garden of Eden fruitfulness, is simply the death of the earth, the dust of the earth. And just continue to give it up because that is all the serpents have to work with. The lies, which are demons in the invisible dimension, serpent spirits, all temptation and sin is serpentine in nature now they'll crawl on their bellies and eat dust all their days. Genesis says it's the curse of the fallen angels over the curse of fallen men and women. So you get that dust and dirt that sin off and you have to acknowledge that there is stuff in your life that God's working on and if you're allow if you allow God to work on it, it'll be removed out of the nefesh soul that's in the blood Leviticus 17:11. Every day and you'll always have a greater open heavens, a greater glory, a greater clarity, mm-hmm. a greater relationship with Jesus Christ daily. Mm-hmm. That is what daily bread ultimately produces. And now, teach us how to pray. You now, this is a daily prayer that the apostles are asking the Messiah in Matthew 6. Give us our daily bread, forgive debtors. This is a, a spiritual point. The Holy Ghost, don't, don't close your hearts, keep your minds open and listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you, because the Messiah says in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, you have to forgive debt to be forgiven your own debt, okay? It's forgiveness of debt. Did you realize the Lord's Prayer was, was dealing with the forgiveness of financial mistakes? I have never in my life heard anyone explain that. The Lord gave that to me this week. He says, have you read the Lord's Prayer? It says, forgive debts and and debtors. Jesus Christ taught the apostles to pray the forgiveness of financial sins in the Lord's Prayer. That's how important it is. It's only a few sentences. Why would he even put something about debt? and debtors in there. And you could say oh it means th-. no it it was financial sin that needed to be forgiven. And so understand that let there be a forgiveness of debt and debtors right now in the name of Jesus Christ in order to have that daily clarity That I'm describing to you tonight, and and all the things we're wrestling against, the confusion of Babylon the Great, Revelation 17, Revelation 19, there needs to be a Matthew 6 foundation in prayer, which is practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit and dealing with these issues that cause the confusion. And so when Jesus Christ says that, He's not up there as a money-hungry prosperity preacher that's just going after the widow's might. he's He's going after the sin and the blockages of confusion in the heart and the mind so the heavens can open (laughs) and they can have a tower of David to the very throne of God because he cares for you. You need to understand God's heart and get over the offense and trust the heart of God, trust the interpretation of the scriptures. A lot of you have heard these scriptures thousands and thousands of times, hundreds and hundreds of times, but there's going to be a fresh revelation a fresh glory on the Word of God like you're hearing it for the very first time and a lot of times when the apostolic the the consecrated special messengers are speaking you need to hear because you're going to hear the word in a fresh new light of life it'll be like the fellowship of the holy angels and the holy angels want to remove some of those things, those interpretations, those blockages off your hearts, off your minds. And a, and a major amount of dust and debris of the earth and the leaders of the earth, the sorcerers and their sorcery is going to come off of you. And it's going to be brighter. You're going to see a new colors. You're going to have uh, an easier a much easier life it's not gonna be so hard tilling the soil and sweat of the brow it's gonna be the the fruit of your lips and the Garden of Eden and it'll go from glory mm-hmm. to glory it'll go from easier to easier mm-hmm. it's not harder to harder it's easier and lighter and easier and lighter Mm. the more and more the dust of the earth comes off your souls and you Mm. rise up in the glory of jesus christ amen
1: amen and it starts with that circumcision around the money the finances you know this is really fascinating i was watching an episode of uh, sid roth on youtube and they had this uh, man on there that was talking about uh, he was talking about the bible verses on finances and financial miracles that had happened for so many believers But the interesting thing was the study, the study that was done in the New Testament, where they found that uh, out of the New Testament, there are 215 Bible verses that talk about faith. There are 218, just a little bit more, that talk about salvation. But there are 2,084 verses in the New Testament that talk about money. And now... (laughs) Don't you think that's a little interesting that God would choose to talk about it? That's how much we need to hear what God has to say about finances. So why is that such a stronghold? Keep
0: listening for your breakthrough.
1: Right. Why is this a stronghold? Now, he said when people started to get... uh, I didn't finish watching the whole thing. That was the Holy Ghost highlight was get the study. You know, there's not a whole lot going down on Malkut that I need to hear about, but there is some breakthrough that people will have when they get into the financial Bible verses about money. Why is god interested in talking about faith only 250 times 215 times i think salvation's pretty important it's only in there 218 times but money 2084 times so what is god shaking the foundations of that uh what do you call them strongholds yep it's the stronghold of finances now why is jesus christ concerned with talking about the inspired word of god talking about money that much more than even faith and salvation because once you're saved you need to get circumcised and the very first rung that really can be the most difficult circumcision for people that no one wants their money touched because mammon is their god they're 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 working for the dollar dollar bill you know they're going paycheck to paycheck They're climbing the corporate ladder of success because God is their money. And we talked about this before. If you look at the back of that dollar bill and you see that pyramid with the eye of Satan on it, that is the place where they hold your star captive. You cannot go through ascension. It'll never work for you if your star is captive. The only way you can get back your star from captivity is breaking that soul tie breaking that tie to you trusting in your money your finances to be your deliverer to be your savior and to be how and why you make decisions a lot of people don't overcome family familiars because their family threatens to cut them off financially exactly. and they don't trust god will come through i'm a living testimony if even if everyone in your entire life completely forsakes you because you decide to walk on the narrow path of jesus christ And all the the threats of all the financial difficulties and you're going to be cut off from support and you're not going to have any help and blah, blah, blah. It's all lies because God is my provider. So don't listen to the bluff of the demons when the familiar spirits and the family members that don't like that you're walking away from their religious demons, religious familiars. When you walk with Christ, you got to be all in. I trust him to provide for me, but even if he doesn't, Right? It's like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Even if he doesn't provide me another dollar, God is the Lord, he's my God and that's the one I'm going to serve. But I trust that he will provide for me. Mm. But even if he doesn't, well, I'm still his and that's better than being okay. with their religious demons in some instead of hell. <laughs> you know, I'd rather be a doorkeeper In the house of my God, then dwell in the tents of the religious, Christian, wicked, familiar demons. Because that's Satan. I'm done with Edom Christianity. I'm done with bewitchment. I want God, and I don't care what it costs. And I'll pay whatever price. That's called loving God. That's called love the Lord your God with all your heart. Where your money is there, your heart will be also. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. All that you are let everything that has breath praise the lord but it actually says in hebrew let every neshama praise the lord so we got to get to neshama so we could be praising god what are you doing praising god without a neshama
0: yeah you can't praise him in the dust of the earth you have to get through the valley
1: but he loves you so much that he and he's so humble he wants you to praise him with your mouth while you're in the dust of the earth because he actually is so humble and so selfless Mm. that he wants you to praise him even if it's not much of benefit to him It's actually for your benefit, because the praise is the enema for the brain, (laughs) and we need it. And that's what Bob Jones, the prophet Bob Jones, he said, the praise, worship, we praise with your mouth, you sing praises to God. It's an enema for your brain. And so even when God is saying, praise me, and we're in that sad and sorry state, even what he asks us to do for him It's really mostly for us. Like, he's so selfless. praise (laughs) in the earth
0: will still be mostly your human nature, which you still need to do that. But you really won't understand it until you're with the angels on the rung of the Neshama in Mm -hmm. that world of Berea. Because then you'll actually be an angelic praise. That's what high praise is. So God's standard is perfect. God is perfect. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. You have to acknowledge that all the types and shadows of going through the valley you go through, you're you're basically in infancy. The earth is the nursery, and you're going and growing up into the ladder, and you begin to learn the ways of the holy angels that are acceptable to God as you rise from the dead. But nothing is acceptable to God in the whole earth. Amen. And you can't let that offend you. You just have to understand I'm passing through this valley of death. I'm passing through this earth to go to Jacob's ladder. And then I will rise through the circumcisions to learn the ways of the holy angels. Amen.
1: Amen. Be the rare person. That doesn't mean
0: you give up in the valley. It just means you keep walking and keep Mm -hmm. learning so that the toddler can be a young man in Christ. I commend you young men for overcoming the evil one. It is written.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: Because when you're a toddler, you haven't overcome the evil one. The serpents are still hanging on you. You're literally wrong about everything you think and do all the time. You, you haven't learned how to walk with Christ very powerfully. You need sanctification. You need wisdom. You need teaching. You need revelation. You need the prophets and apostles, the government of God, the heavenly Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. You need the cloud of witnesses. You, you need the 24 elders around His throne. You need the out the living creatures, to raise you up as a new creature in Christ, into the ways of heaven to enculturate you, which is called mm-hmm. the apostolic. Because even after you're born again, you don't know what to do. It's just mostly earthly. And so that earthly stuff needs to come off you. As you walk, you will be undone. You will be undignified. Your human nature will be revealed. You'll be accused by everyone around you. Are you going to keep walking with Jesus even though you look like you know a worthless worm? Listen, man, the worm goes into the cocoon and dies and becomes a butterfly. That's the process of going through the valley. But you mm-hmm. do crawl like a worm through the valley which is the human being under your mm-hmm. own dust and dirt. But at least you're making progress to the cocoon which is required in the humiliation of every human being that transformed and t- transforms now into a, d- a divine living being. Bam! In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. <laughs> and so it all goes back to, why is it that You know, over 2,000 verses on money. (laughs) Only 215 on faith, 218 on salvation, which are super important. But over 2,000 verses on money, New Mm. New Testament. So what does that have to do with? Once you're born again, the most important next thing is to become circumcised. External circumcision in the Old Testament was a type and shadow of the circumcision of heart that was to come. So in the New Testament, the very first rung of circumcision on Malkut, first rung, first evidence that you're even a covenant member of Israel, heavenly Israel, is that you have even just one circumcision, and the very first one is the financial circumcision mineral level of Malkut of Isaiah, which anyhow. is you have devoted at least 10% of your regular income to the tabernacle of God with God's leadership. What the main thing is that he's doing in the earth, because it's the kingdom age, it's one kingdom, it's not everyone doing their own little kingdom in little boxes, little incubators, where you never grow your spirit, you never get to Neshama. Where you can never really know what the true heavenly praise is because let every nishama praise the lord and now we have two people with a nishama soul in the entire world right now and are you telling me you Truth in after hand. that you still want to go around and find some other thing that something else is going on in the world after finding this have you lost your mind or you're n- it's you're not hearing christ
0: don't let the demons tempt you And to eat them. Oh, my gosh.
1: And here's the thing. You can take our word for it because it's the word coming down from the heavens of the Gevrat of the Father with the thunder (laughs) and the lightning. But if you just take our opinion and then you go and you ask someone else their opinion Mm. and then you go into your own self and you ask your opinion and then you think, think, think. You write, try to figure it out. You talk, 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 animal chatter. Well, what what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Don't you think there's demons augering all of those conversations? If there's demons after your life, do you think they're just going to sit back and relax while you find out the mysteries of the universe and get on the right path? No, okay, that's fine. We'll just give you a break this time. No! This is what you need to do. You need to realize Jesus Christ within you. If you're not saved, invite Jesus Christ who came in the flesh invite him to be your Lord and Savior I want you to dwell within me I want to be the tabernacle of your Holy
0: Come, Lord Spirit Jesus. Amen.
1: you know calling on his name that you would be saved which is to know him it says this is eternal life it says in the book of John to know him mm-hmm. and where does it say in the, the Psalms or the Proverbs where it says this is how you know God He is known, yada, within the palaces, within the interior mansions of the Sephirot. So eternal life is to know him. And that's why there's so little eternal life filling and flooding believers. Because they don't even barely have one circumcision. Almost no believers on planet Earth even has one circumcision. So they more resemble uncircumcised Philistine, foreskins, Edomite, Christianity that doesn't even recognize the rabbinical literature that Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh, studied, even as a child, in the Jewish synagogue, because he was the Jewish Messiah, where he answered their questions and asked them them questions when they would teach and talk about the Mishnah, the Talmud, and the Holy Kabbalah, when they would say, come and see. That's why you'll see it, come and see. It's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, and in the New Testament, Jesus Christ put his own little twist on it, and you know what he said? Taste and see. (laughs) Taste and see that the Lord is good. Why? Why does he say taste and see? Because he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it's a cosmic mystery of Jesus Christ, because he was the man, and he is the manna that came down from heaven. He's the manna. When you realize He's the manna, He's the matzah, He's the manna, and He's the promised land, you don't cling to the forms. Oh, don't, I want to go back to Egypt so I can eat some pigeons or something, you know. I want, you know, oh, don't make me leave my manna at the mountain in, in the wilderness. I don't want to go to the promised land and do works the Father has prepared mm-hmm. for me. Exactly. But if you knew that it was Christ, you would have accepted it. He. he, he Stop clinging to the forms that I make cling to me, cling to Jesus. So here's what you do. Scrap everybody's opinion. Stop going around to humans, uncircumcised humans for their opinions. Stop going to your deceived parents Mm. who are serving religious demons Mm. of Baal and Jezebel. They haven't even overcome Jezebel's tower. And you want to go to church opinions where they have demons from the seventh hall of hell that work miracles that if you studied in synagogue like Jesus in Jewish rabbinical times, you would know that the seventh hall of hell includes demons of high rank that work miracles. That's right. And that's common knowledge in Orthodox Judaism. Mm -hmm. And even if you read the New Testament, you would see the warnings of the false lying signs and wonders. Yeah, we read
0: it tonight in Revelation 19.
1: So here's what you need to do. If you have any confusion in your mind, if you don't know what to do, you need to be saved. Ask Jesus to live inside of you, to be your Lord and Savior, and then now you ask him. Stop asking everybody else who's demon-possessed and everyone has problems and they're serving under Jezebel's tower and they're serving the Baals. They're serving the Asherah poles. They're serving religious demons and freemason christianity at the mark of the beast and the eye of satan on the one dollar bill and with molek little owl, owl in the corner and they're all tied to that 501c3 so they they can never go too far with with the truth they say because then the government will say something
0: that's right
1: so don't listen and don't ask any of them for their opinions Curse those opinions because those are the opinions of demons. Love the person. Hate the demon that's auguring them, that's in them. Separate, rightly divide between that soul and that spirit that is in them, that's speaking through them. What Know what spirit they're of. And now you take responsibility for your own life. You hear the voice of God. You get to know Jesus in your inner man. And then you get in his presence and you turn within and you ask him, and wait until he answers and you know it's his voice now oh i'm confused can you tell me can you tell me can someone tell me no sit down and shut up and get in the presence of god and repent well what if he doesn't answer that uh, almost every single one of the betrayers that we've ever had when i gave them that instruction you know what they came back and said to me when i said sit down get in the presence of god and you talk to him and wait for him for him to speak and every single one of them It was dry, it was quiet, and he didn't speak to them. And then they came back asking for witchcraft prayer and witchcraft personal ministry. Why? Because God would not talk to them. Why? Because he knew in their hearts they were betraying, lying, backstabbing, jealous haters of the glory of God. Because they failed to see that God lives in human vessels. Imperfect vessels of clay that he's making us more and more like him. He says, be perfect as your father is perfect. That's the goal. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. So stop judging after the flesh. Stop fault-finding and being jealous. The evidence in someone's life that they're not walking with the Lord anymore is that they're jealous of other people's destinies and manifestations. That means you're not really hearing from God, because when you're hearing from God, you are going to love what God has for your life, your destiny. You're so enthralled with plying Torah, with going to your job every day, with being the stay-at-home mom of, you know, the heavenlies at home. You're so enthralled with the goodness of God and the service of God, and how you can serve your family, how you can serve others, the word of god and the will of god and the presence of god and the sword of the word and you go to battle for those who even persecuted you at your job and now you war for them and then they they learn that you love them even when they hated you and you transform entire work environments you transform your home environments you transform others lives while your own life is in shambles and your entire family has persecuted you abandoned you neglected you threatened to pull away from all financial help and you don't care and you care about restoring other people's families even while yours is in shambles. You pray for other people's health while your health is in shambles. You care for others more highly than you care for yourself. You care about helping others go up the mountain and then you find that God has carried you the entire way and that this is the way. So you get in the presence of God and then you ask him about all these things. Is this you? What do you? And you'll know his voice when you know him. And he will either, he will verify, he will tell you the truth, test every Jesus, because all those demons pretend to be Jesus. Learn how to test his spirit. But when you seek him with all your heart, where your money is, there your heart will be also. That's why there's 2,000 plus verses about it. Because otherwise your heart will never be with him if your money's not sanctified. Into the ark of his glory. Who is carrying the ark of his glory? The high priest? The nation? Under the rule and reign of King David? Where do you think the ark of his glory is? (laughs) And the forwardmost thing that God's doing on the earth. So get to know the Lord and he'll answer all these things for you. Stop going to people. Stop going to others' opinions. Google. (laughs) Witchcraft Divination. Get to know God for yourself. Then you'll have something to add to the conversation. Then you'll have fruit to bring. (laughs) Then you'll be at peace. It's not possible to be jealous for someone else's destiny. When you know God on the inside. When you still have the relationship, he's still talking to you. You know, If you grieve him to that point, and you start murdering his babies, he's not going to talk to you. He's going to be quiet and sit back and wait for you to repent. You're not going to see glory till God sees true humility. <laughs> so repent and get to know him again. Read the book of Hosea. It's great in the Passion Translation. That starting over, he remembers the love you had for him when he brought you out of Egypt. He wants to start over and give you bouquets of roses. What does that mean? It's time to go up the ladder it's time to know jesus it's time to stop asking everybody and every other ministry and every other preacher and every other person who calls himself a prophet and every friend in your life and all your parents and all your no it's it's garbage human opinion is garbage you've got to know him and those who are walking in the narrow way who have the circumcisions as you get to know christ and you start circumcising it's the same message coming down the mountain. That's the oil of unity. Any unity outside of the circumcisions is false unity. It's a demon. It's not the spirit of unity. It's not the angel of unity. It's a demon spirit. Any fault, any love, any peace, any joy that you have apart from circumcisions and the fear of the Lord. It's fake. It doesn't last. Bring him fruit that lasts. And you'll be satisfied. If you would ask him for a drink he would give you living water without end where you never thirst again you never thirst for things that you don't have you never those that I shall not I will not want You, you won't be lusting for greed and possessions that other people have Spouses that other people have, clothing that other people have, destinies that other people have, ministries that other people have, jobs and cars and shoes and planes that other people have. You won't be lusting for those things. You'll be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Mm -hmm. for they will be filled. You will be satisfied. Jesus, to the woman at the well, if you had asked me, If you'd ask me to give you a drink, do you know who he is? He is Messiah. And when you drink from him, directly from the source within you, you will be in alignment with the Apostolic. You will be in obedience with the Prophetic. You will be on his holy mountain. It's not possible to get to know him and not be on his holy mountain, to not be ascending. If you continue to get to know him and let him change you and mold you, you automatically find the stairway and go up with circumcision. But it's only when we get complacent satisfaction, I, you know, when we are the ones that have the knowledge, the experience, my own wisdom, my own Ability and now I don't need to lean on Christ anymore. That's when we step away from Messiah. And we start doing our own thing. And that's when we lose contact. And then later on, after a while, and the glory fades. Later on, once the presence is already gone and you didn't notice, then the glory fades. Then you're grasping at straws wondering what happened. You stopped bowing at the feet of Messiah. The awe and the reverence. Oh, just sacrifice that spiritual complacency, that lukewarmness, just bow in the awe and the reverence at his feet, worshipping at his feet. Would you put your crown on the ground at his feet? Would you cry your tears of repentance at his feet? Would you sacrifice that $50,000 worth of perfume just to pour it out on a man's head? And white? His feet with your own hair? What does that mean? Your glory is nothing compared to knowing Him. Anything from God is nothing compared to knowing Him. The awe and the reverence, the fear of God, not in the spirit of religion, but in the spirit of truth, and love, repentance, correction, embracing whatever severity He has to correct you because you know that it's love. If it's from him toward you, it's love. Everything you've been through is for a reason. And when you bow at his feet, he covers you with his garment. And he covers you with his garment. And there you'll find the shelter under the wings of Shekinah, lifting you up in the highway of holiness, in the high praise of his holiness. And when you receive the neshama, we learn what praise is as it is written every neshama let every neshama praise the Lord and in that world in that realm of Berea is where the seraphim sing the holy 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 and you learn from the seraphim as they sing holy and you hear them praise his name and it raptures your soul holy and you praise his name for he is holy and your eyes are on him So NASA, your eyes together from where our hope is from, and it's Christ within us, the hope of realizing the glory.
0: We're in the star, David, because Psalms 73, verse 1, in the Amplified Classic says, Truly God is only good to Israel. Only to Israel. Therefore, that's what the engrafting is all about. Elijah again looked over the group slowly, as if he was looking into each one of us. Then he turned and walked down the path into the valley and disappeared from our view. We stood watching, trying to recount and process all that he had said. Now we knew that we would not come out of this valley alive. We would either die physically or die to ourselves So completely that it would not be us coming out on the other side. We were worms about to enter our cocoon. If we came out the other side, we would be new creatures that no longer crawled, but soared in Jesus name. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed guests and beloved supporters, today I stand before you with a heart filled with gratitude and a vision illuminated by faith. We are gathered here not just as individuals, but as a collective force with a shared purpose, to extend a hand of abundance to bring forth prosperity and to manifest the heavenly realities in our world. As we embark on this journey together, I am reminded of the words of Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, which says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the firstfruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. It is through our acts of honoring and abundance that we have the opportunity to make a tangible difference in the lives of those around us. RLM TV's missions are not confined by geographical boundaries. From the bustling streets of Florida to the sprawling landscapes of America, from the vibrant city of Nairobi, Kenya, to the farthest reaches of the globe, our mission knows no limits. We are driven by a commitment to serve, a commitment rooted in the teachings of Matthew 6.33, where it is proclaimed, Seek first His kingdom, and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. With your support, we have the power to manifest abundance, to uplift communities, to sow seeds of prosperity that will yield a harvest of blessings for generations to come. Your generosity is not merely a financial transaction. It is an investment in the heavenly realities, an investment in the embitterment of our world. In the book of Malachi 3.10, we are reminded that bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. Let us therefore open the floodgates of heaven with our giving with the overflow of our hearts, and with the promise of a more than enough abundance. Today I humbly ask you to join us on this noble journey. Your contributions will enable us to continue this vital work, to reach even further, to serve more, and to manifest the heavenly realities around the world. As you open your hearts and your hands in generosity, may you be blessed abundantly. Not just in material wealth, but in the riches of glory, in the joy of giving, and in the knowledge that you have co-created in the building of the kingdom of heaven on earth. As our Jewish sages taught, tithing is the holiness available below. And as our Master Jesus the Christ proclaimed, give, and it will be given back to you, good measurements that overflow." Together, let us be the agents of change that our world so desperately needs. Together, let us be the vessels of prosperity that bring forth the heavenly realities. Together, let us make miracles happen. Thank you from the depths of my heart for your unwavering support and your boundless generosity. May the fruitful abundance of heaven overflow in your life. God bless you. Amen.